0: Welcome to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church that meets in London. My name is Sarah Jala Emmanuel as you have heard. I'm the pastor of Living Word Church. I just returned from a recent visit to to Nigeria. And I was in the, uh, what was the capital state, you know, before Lagos. I think the probably the largest city in the country actually, certainly got a population of 14 million or so people. And um, during my visit, I noticed, you know, every other doorway is a church, or or a mosque. But the ch- the the population of mosque is still very low, you know, in comparison to the churches. Well, let's concentrate on the church, that, because that that is what my business is. So, you know, I mean, the churches everywhere, and every wall you looked at, up and down the streets, there are banners of churches and posters everywhere, all kinds of uh, advertisements for all sorts of interesting ministry names you know amazing stuff and um you know there, there were banners all over the streets i mean the entire skyline was dirtied up with banners of different colors and everything running from one end of the street to the other it's just amazing now ideally you know and um th- that's the sort of thing that should have excited me as uh as an evangelist you know seeing uh so much of christ being um Advertised, shall we say? Although I, I do not like the word advertised, but that's exactly what the situation was, and um, it should have excited me, especially when you think, when, when you consider the crowds of people, the hordes of people who go to all these ministries and chase after all these supposed men and women of God and all that. I, I really should have been very excited, and you know, joy filled actually, at the fact that oh well, yes, Christ, He's winning the battle for the souls of uh, man. Unfortunately, that is not the situation. I came back rather depressed and um, very saddened by what I saw. I mean, there were, uh, there were at least two, two TV stations that devoted two hours nonstop every morning to running church adverts. And this happened all the time. Whereas all the multitudes of church adverts and the great crowds of people who went after these ministries and after the pastors or overseers, whatever, you know, should have excited me because I should have been really pleased and delighted that oh, more souls are being won for Christ and such things, and more people are heading for the kingdom of heaven instead of hell. It was not the case because what I saw, with the TV adverts also running. Two hours every morning on so many channels, at least two channels, I watched on a regular basis running adverts. And I'm telling you, we're talking of two solid hours of church advertisements, you know, one after advert after the other, one church after the other, nonstop for two whole hours, all of them doing nothing, advertising their miraculous and signs and wonders you know, the ability to perform miracles and signs and wonders and the ability to give breakthroughs in every situation. I mean, now we've got the general election coming up in Nigeria during the months of April and May. We even had some ministries advertising that they can help people break through into their political ambition. I mean, for goodness sake, what's going on? So it's so like that. They, they, they're coming up with the, the ministers are having all kinds of funky and disgraceful Uh, nicknames like uh, Daddy of a Million Babies. He guarantees you that you cannot get into his ministry without coming out with a baby as soon as possible. And uh, then we've got a baroness bulldozer. That's a woman who claims nobody can be barren wherever she's present. You know, all sorts of nonsense. And this really depressed me because my job... As an evangelist, my job, and this is supposed to be the job of every servant of God, regardless of what title we have or what office we're called into, our purpose is singular, and it is to preach the gospel of repentance and the kingdom of God to the peoples. That the people may develop a relationship, a fulfilling, fruitful, meaningful relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. What I saw and what I see, this problem is not just exclusive to Nigeria, I must say. I mean, this is one I just saw recently, but I have seen it in Europe, I see it in America, it's all over the place, it's all over diff- you know different parts and regions of Africa. It is a worldwide thing. And the reason it is a worldwide problem is because Satan has got his demons all over the world performing the same task of leading people to hell and breaking people's fellowship with Christ where possible. And also, the the greatest tactic is to... Put people under an illusion whereby they do not they think they're in a relationship with Christ, though they know nothing of Christ, and that is what is going on because a lot of people now think it's enough, they're born again Christians just by turning up in church and bearing the name of the church. What we're supposed to do is bear the name of Christ and be transformed in, in, by the renewing of our minds into Christ likeness, that is what makes us born again. But today, it's enough for a person to just turn up in church, the think they're born again. I mean, there's a wonderful brother of mine in Algeria, really terrific guy, I really love him so much and he became a christian about a year and a half ago at which time i gave him a bible and he says he's born again now he goes to a pentecostal church and he goes regularly i mean come seven o'clock on sunday morning is out of the house he goes to the midweek meetings and everything now besides the bible i gave him two years ago he's bought himself another one a great big one king james version a lot of people seem to think until they've read the king james they haven't read a bible yet but never mind (laughs) so he's bought himself another one and both bibles seat in this car yes both bibles leave in his car and I said to him I said listen you've got to because he had some issues you know that I had to intervene in you know and I had to say to him but you're a Christian a Christian shouldn't behave like this this is what the word of God says and this is what the word of God says and I was preaching to him I said, it is obvious from the way I see you and from your reaction to things and the way you're speaking that you do not read your Bible. Because if you did read your Bible, you would find out that you would discover that all the things you're doing are against the counsel of God. And um, I said that. And then I realized later, I noticed that his Bible is leaving this car. So I said, I'm not surprised. You don't know the word of God. Your Bible is leaving your car. So whatever it is you have been told in church is good enough for you. It doesn't matter then what lies your pastor may be selling to you. It is good enough because in a year and a half of you going to church, I have seen no change in your life. Other than, yes, you talk, you sing the praises of God because, you know, he's prospering your business. Everything's working well for you. So you're talking about the praises of God and you talk about your tithing and all that. I said, but is God interested in your tithe? And often if, you do, if you're going to be disobedient, well, he isn't. And that applies to all of us. And this sort of person, when you look, when we, when you examine him, when the tides of fortune change, will he be able to stand? Will he be able to stand? And this is the situation with very many Christians nowadays. If things were to change, if, things were, if your situation were to change drastically for the opposite, you know, whatever it is you, that favors you now, turns against you, disfavors you, will you be able to stand? When Jesus, uh, in ch- uh, chapter 18... Verse 8 of Luke, when he was speaking about, uh, he told a parable about a, a, an elderly widow who was seeking justice. Jesus made the final statement in that parable. He said, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a very, very valid and living question. Will Jesus find faith on the earth when he returns? Because what a lot of people consider to be faith at the moment is just favorable situations. As long as things are favorable, they cry, they sing in Jesus is Lord. And they love God in as much as he does all things good for them. And while they're waiting for other things to be done, they're chasing after God for one miracle or the other. That is not faith. That is actually faithlessness. Because a person who has faith in God, a person who knows God, who accepts God is who he is, The great I am is Jehovah El Shaddai, the one eternal God of all generation, of all ages, will not ask a God to prove himself by delivering them a miracle. So this is what is now going on. What we have at the moment is a whole load of ministries, call themselves churches, that are doing nothing but offering breakthrough and miracles. And so they're gathering crowds. Just in line with the prophecy that Paul uh, gave to to Timothy, when Paul said the time will come when people will no longer put up with sound doctrine but instead to suit themselves they will gather around themselves a great number of teachers to tell them what their each ears, each and ears want to hear. He said they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And that's exactly the situation now. People are turning aside to meats. People are are, are living on, on, under the meats. They're living for the meats, actually. A person would rather believe that the reason he has not, uh, he's been working all his life and doesn't have a great big fat savings account and hasn't bought houses and land and great big cars is because there's some enemy somewhere who's on his case, maybe in the family or without, or maybe Satan's on his case to change his destiny so that he's not rich. I mean, who has told us who has promised us wealth as a result of righteousness? Who has promised us that? The Bible certainly hasn't. God hasn't. What the Bible teaches is we must be content in any situation that we are in. We are supposed to pass through this world serving God. Whatever wealth and riches we'll have in the Lord will come with the new earth. That is going to be the home of righteousness where all things will abound. As it is, this world in its present state is in, is fallen. And because it is fallen, we cannot look to being here eternally. We are not going to be here eternally. It's going to be taken out. So then what's going to happen to all our acquisitions and accumulations? absolutely nothing. So we're told that here we shall seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. Everything we need while we serve God here will be added unto us. God knows exactly what we need. But we want to concentrate, we ought to concentrate our efforts first on serving God and living for God. But it is not so. What we have nowadays is a whole bunch of people who are being taught a whole lot of lies, turn their ears from the, from the truth just in line with Paul's prophecy and are toying aside to myths. So get the gathering. And the, uh, it is on the increase. The large number of teachers who talk a lot of nonsense. The doctrine of demons that they are preaching. A doctrine that does nothing to bring people into relationship with Christ or bring people into the kingdom of God, but rather at, uh, at turning people away from the kingdom of God. And people, a lot of people are more uh, hell-bound, even though they think they are paradise-bound. But it is not so. Because God is not... And I can say that with all of his authority in me. That God is not going to tolerate a bunch of greedy, discontent, ungrateful people to be inhabitants of the new earth. It is not going to happen. That is what he has in this present world. And that is the reason he gave his son. To die for all of us that we may be forgiven of that sin. And it's not going to happen again. Jesus is not going to die a second time. The people who will inhabit paradise and the new earth that God is going to create are those people who have come to realize that God is sovereign and that they live for him. Their lives have been given to them by God to be lived for God in honor of God. People who have traded the things of this world for for, for the things of heaven. Such are going to be the inhabitants. Not the people who, who who want to hold on to the world while having heaven on the side. It's not going to happen that way. Now let's consider this. Let's consider the, the love that Job had for God. Because a lot of Christians say they love God. But when God tests your faith, when he tries your faith, how will you stand up under the pressure of it? Because our faith will be tested. And the Bible says it will be tested by fire. How many people can take it? How many people will be able to stand? Let's look at the story of Job. In chapter one of Job, the Bible starts with saying that in the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Now he was a very wealthy man. He feared God and shunned evil. Now that's very important. How many people today, how many Christians today, fear God and shun evil? Because what I saw when in my visit to Nigeria, my last visit, which is only only ended last week. There was a whole lot of people who Christians going to church and everything, but people who are constantly aggressive, violent, who get in a fight anywhere, anytime. People whose mouths were very uncircumcised. They uttered, you know, profanities and, and, and curses at the twinkle of an eye. As if it were people who spoke maliciously every minute. Lies were a norm with them. The light every second. I was believe me. I came away from there really downcast, really sorrowful, to see my brothers wasting away like that, and under this, the the illusion that they know Christ and that Jesus is Lord. It is not enough to say Jesus is Lord. He must be Lord of your life. And when He's Lord of your life, that means you are learning from Him. You are learning His ways. You're becoming more like Him in character, in thought, in word, and in deed. Now. Is there a lot of people who practice a lot of religion, believe me, a lot of religion is practice Their People go to church four or five times a week, and that's even beside Sunday. They go to church all the time. They get into corporate fast. Oh, in our church, we're fasting for the next 40 days. Oh, we've got a seven-day dry fasting in our church. And they're doing all this. But yet, even against or even with all that, they're raising wicked feasts at one another. Go and read Isaiah chapter 58 and see what God has to say about such futile and empty fasts. So, Job, going back to the story of Job, uh, going to, We read from verse um, uh, verse 6 now to 11. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? I suppose Satan wasn't quite welcome in the presence of God, and after being sinful. God is holy, remember? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and it will surely cost you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Now, Job... God was able to testify about Job that Job fears God and shuns evil so there's no one like him in all the earth blameless and upright now if God were to look down on you as we speak would he be able to make such a testimony about you that you're blameless you're upright you're a person who fears God and shuns evil how much do you shun evil how much do you fear God you're upright and blameless. Now let me tell you how much Job, Job despised sinfulness. He so despised sinfulness. And the reason he despised sinfulness was because he loved God. So that is point number one. Any one of us who claims to love God must hate sinfulness because God absolutely detests sin. Sinfulness cannot abide in the presence of our holy God. Job would offer sacrifices for his, on behalf of his children. He was very, very wealthy. He was the wealthiest person in the East in those days. And every every day, you know, he would offer, every morning, he would wake up early in the morning, the Bible says, and he would offer a bunch offering for each of his ten children, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and caused God in their hearts. Apparently, the Bible says this was Job's regular custom. That's how much he detested sin. Is that your condition? Is that your position as a child of God now, as a Christian? Do you hate sin so much that you're constantly repenting because we're supposed to die to sin every day? It's a continual recycling process. How much do you detest sin if you are in a relationship with God? Now, despite all of Job's perfection, Satan was able to make accusations against him because God was so proud of Job. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. There is no one on earth like him. That is the kind of faith we're supposed to have, that sort of level of holiness and righteousness we're supposed to operate on. And uh, Satan was able to make accusations in the same way he's making accusations against you and I today. But when Satan makes his accusations against you and I before God, we will be able to stand under the accusations. Because what happened after that, God said, okay, you want to test him, go and test him. But on his life, do not lay a finger. That goes to tell us something, that Satan cannot do anything to us that God is not uh, aware of or that God has not allowed. But it is up to us to prove faithful, to prove faithful to God by standing up under whatever temptation. That's why the Bible says that no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So God is very faithful to us. But are we very faithful to God in return? Because what happened was uh, Satan then went and in one day took all of Job's wealth from him. In one day. And not just that. Took all of his ten children as well. In one day this evil befell Job. And what was Job's reaction? Verse 20 of Job chapter 1 and verse 20 and 21. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Verse 22 says, In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. You see what happened there? Such amazing faith. In one day he lost everything he had ever and or worked for. And together with that, he lost every one of his ten children. So he had nothing. He was stripped bare in one day. He was absolutely stripped bare. What is the reaction of the average Christian today? The 21st century Christian would freak out under such pressure. Nothing near that. I'm yet to find anyone who's who's experienced anything near what Job went through. But today, you only have to lose your job. You know, and the running around from one crusade to the other lobbying the pastor, asking for a miracle, asking for a breakthrough, cursing and binding the enemy who is at work against them and all such things. Now listen, none of us have got enough strength or power or authority to bind Satan. Well, the Bible tells us, yes, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. That is telling us that we are able to resist the devil and he will flee from us. That's the instruction we have. That is the authority we have. That is the power we have. Satan cannot do a thing against you uh, uh, against you, and succeed if you know the faith you have in God and if you stand firm on it. That is not saying that it cannot make conditions of the world work against you, of course. But the important thing is that your faith will not fail. This was what happened to Job. He lost everything materially, but his faith was solid, solid as a rock. The Bible says, in all these, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. What did Satan do there? Satan accused Job of conditional love for God. He said, the reason Job loves you is because you have made everything abound to him. It's because you've given him all the desires of his heart. It's because you've given him a comfortable life. It's because you've given him wealth and everything he needs. That is why. He loves you conditionally. Take all those things from him and see if he will not curse you to your own face. And God said, go ahead. Satan took everything. But Job stood firm with God. Job stood firm with God. Will you be able to stand firm if you lost all that you have now? Will you be able to? Because what we have is a whole bunch of people who are asking God, "What have You got for me? What have You got for me? What have You got for me?" That is what it's all about, and that is not—that is not faith. People who are chasing God for what He can deliver. A lot of crazy demon demon possessed ministers are out there in the world who are portraying God and Jesus Christ to you as magicians in the heights of heaven who are there to answer your you know be there answer you at your beck and call and and pro, perform magic for you rather than the fact rather than the fact that they, Jesus is your lord and your master your redeemer your savior before whom you must bow your knees God is sovereign is the Almighty, before whom you must bow your head and your knees and everything, and walk humbly and quietly in contentment and gratitude. No, they're presenting God and Jesus Christ to you as your servants, there to work magic for you, and you are accepting that. And you think that is enough, that makes you uh, 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 a child of God? It doesn't. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God.